0: for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of radio adrenaline, <laughs> webmaster radio presents the pulse. the pulse take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena this weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news offers insight on the biggest forum discussions and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community our hosts have made their way to the round table
1: the pulse starts now Hello and welcome to the 19th edition of the Search Poll. Today is Tuesday, February 13th. My name is Barry Schwartz um, from the Search Engine Roundtable. And with me um, is is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Boggs. Ben is from uh, he's also known as Phoenix. He's from RankSmart.com. He's the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. And Chris Boggs is the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable who works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue 8 Razorfish. Um, Basically, last week we had uh, a nice conversation, um, about an hour long. Uh, here's the, I'm posting a link in the chat room to the, the archive. We did lose some of that conversation. We spoke with Vanessa Fox of Google Webmaster Central about their new link tool. Sorry about that, but maybe if we're lucky, Chris will do a complete um, word-by-word uh, rendition of the whole entire uh, interview, because I think Chris might mem- have memorized it. it might, is that right, Chris? Enough.
2: Oh, no, I'm afraid not. I wish I did. (laughs) That was a good chat, right? Yeah, it was good. I'm sure she'll come back on and share some more knowledge with us soon.
1: Right. The only problem is right now, like, everybody in Google and everybody at all different search companies are at SES London. Why didn't you go, Chris?
2: Um, Primarily because of workload.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, and I've never been to SCS London either. I don't know if you guys have, uh, any of you been to SCS London?
2: Mm-hmm. No, not no. me. You been?
1: No, he hasn't, so I guess um, hopefully one day I'm we'll uh, end up going, yeah, he's here, he's here, he's just I just over, I just cut him off, sorry about that, because um, we should really get into the first topic, and that has to do with weddings, and since, you know, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, um, I don't know if there, how many people know, but Ran Fishkin, Ran Fish, over at SEOmoz. Um, was the guy behind the My Super Proposal campaign that where he campaigned for people to actually um vote for him and different things to get the publicity out so he could get a free commercial at the Super Bowl or could raise enough money to you know pay for a commercial at in the Super Bowl and that actually did not um work so um what he did was he got on a show Veronica Mars to uh, play his commercial, and I posted a link in the chat room to those different commercials. Um, you can see he actually proposed um, via, you know, a TV commercial to his wife or his soon-to-be wife, um, and it's pretty nice. It's really nice. He uh, did the whole thing. He actually videotaped the whole entire thing as he sat next to his to his um, fiance um, about with her reaction, and it's just classic. Her reaction is just unbelievable. Uh, ben, I mean, you probably saw this. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, I did saw it. I thought it was pretty clever. It's, really, I mean, how cool would it be to like get somebody
3: propose to you while you're watching your favorite TV show? You know, and I've i never seen Veronica Mars before, but I know it's some kind of, you know, drama. But it it, it that was, it was a pretty cool idea for him to do that, and she was definitely beyond excitement in that video.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, I don't know, Chris, if you did that to your wife and you posted her reaction to your proposal on the internet, what would she do to you?
2: Um, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, it was funny because you remember, Barry, I called you that morning. I was uh, on the way to the airport stuck, literally thinking I was going to miss a flight to California because there was an accident. And I heard on the radio that it was some guy in Seattle, and it just went off like a light bulb in my head. Oh, my God, it was Rand. And it was funny because I actually talked about the Super Bowl proposal site in the link baiting and viral marketing uh, panel at Chicago. So uh, Rand was sitting like three feet away from me, and he didn't tell me. It was kind of funny. So um, you know, it was it was very cool.
1: Right. It was. Um, I asked my wife what she do, and. She said she she would kill me if I actually did post her reaction to my proposal. <laughs> and I actually, I planned on doing that. I planned on you know it was in front of my computer. I did it on Ask.com. I had her sit down, type in her name, and uh, I was going to set up my you know I eye, uh, my eyesight the camera on my computer to actually record everything. But actually, in, in with everything going on, she actually typed in the wrong information and or she went to the wrong website and she got all confused. So I didn't hit the record button and. I lost all that. And actually, I'm happy I lost it. And she would have killed me if I would have done that, she told me. So it was a good thing I did not post it there. But it seems like, you know, Rand's fiancé is very cool with it. And just wanted to wish Rand and uh, her, his fiancé a big congratulations. And uh, I don't know when the wedding is, but we all know that she wants about 10,000 children. Um, it's pretty funny. I don't know. But uh, we'll see if Rand, you know, meets that need or not. The next topic... Um, is that Google did a, uh, did a little update. It wasn't a normal Google update. It was a site links update. A site link in Google is when you do a search and you find these little, I guess, sublinks under the main results. So, for example, if you do a search on Search Engine Roundtable in Google, up comes the main result, and directly under the main result, you see, a, you know obviously, the indented results. We also see one-liners, four one-liners um, that say our forums, the forums, authors, and archives with URLs, pointing to each one. Um, and these allow um, the searcher to actually navigate deeper quickly to what they're looking for. I tend to use this often when I search navigationally to different sites that I want to go to. For example, let's say I want to go to my phone company's website. So I'll type in the phone company's name, and then I'll click on the customer service link, which is usually you know, the third or fourth link under the, under the tabs, under the main link. And it just allows me to save one full click. I, I personally like it a lot. Um, and Google went through, um, you know, a lot of these sites, I guess, or algorithmically, figured out the internal linking structure of those sites, and based on the internal linking structure, it automatically created these, what are called, site links. Sites like shoemoney.com, gensens, problogger, SEO link Big Mouth Media, our own site got it as well, and other sites across the web received these, what are they called, site links. Um, even rustybrick.com got it as well, so that's pretty cool. I personally liked them a lot. So I know we discussed in the past, but they just did an update. And Chris, I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole site links thing?
2: Um, I've always liked the site links. I think it's another great way for a brand to get some exposure, especially if uh, you know they're dealing with a lot of people bidding on their name and so forth. It gives them a little bit of an added boost. Uh, uh, it, our engineers had thought that there was definitely a linking connection to which of the additional urls were presented below the main one and now with this kind of clear idea that it's based on the internal linking that's totally totally makes sense uh, you know um... that they would uh, choose the particular extra links to give based on sort of what's getting the more uh... link juice pushed around internally so i think it's uh... it's great news especially for brands like i said uh, it'd be interesting to see if we'll ever get an instance of a side length and that a uh, side with side length that then has a secondary listing below it, that's indented. I haven't seen that yet, but it would seem to me that this will probably do away with uh, any of those occurrences. It'd be cool to see that happen. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not.
1: Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Brent.
3: I'm trying to remember. I think I have. It usually appears when there's like subdomains. Um, that are really heavily linked or to have, you know, really strong out, outward linking going on. Um, sometimes I've seen those pop up, um, you know, with the site links below that, but, you know, usually it's not very prominent. I think I've only seen it a couple times. Um, I, I personally like site links a lot, too, and I saw this happen with a couple clients that got these and um, worked out really cool. well. I think there's some question in the in the forums about how it can be internal linking. Um, I think it... it, it more or less it has to do with the link that goes to internal pages and then the internal linking of the site compounds that um, to spread the page rank around the site. Um, right. A um,
1: uh, person in the chat room is asking how, you know, Ogletree in the chat room is asking how could it be internal linking. They ask, internal linking would not explain how they pick the top four and how they would order it. Well, internal linking, in combination with, like, the actual popularity of each one, I would think. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, the... The, for searching a it makes a lot of sense because the first sublink for us is our forums, and that probably has a very high amount of links to it because it's um, the main forums for our site. Um, then it's the for- the forums and it's authors and then it's archives. So it's typically, I think that's the maybe that's the most linked to areas of the site externally. But they wouldn't only use the internal linking navigation structure of of you know of the site to determine obviously the link names as well as determine what that individual person feels are the most, um, you know, the individual website feels are the most important structures for the site. Because if they pull just on external linking, then it could be some one-page article. Um, For example, you know, it could be any one-page article right under the listing, and that that won't necessarily be, you know, the right result, in my opinion. So they have to use internal linking navigation and structure to figure out what it is and I think I'm pretty sure obviously 95% sure that that's how they determine it. Um go ahead Ben. Um I I think it might have to do maybe with click popular,
3: popularity about, you know, popu- popular pages on the site and Google maybe factoring that into a little bit. Um I, I don't know to prove that or not, but I've seen some cases where some very large content sites will have links um um, links and site links that are actually um, mass-like redirects or mass-like links that go to other pages. Um, so, you know, they're not actually paid, pages on the site itself, but they're links that are really popular and actually get linked to and also are very popular just, you know, from people visiting those links um, seem to show up. And it seems to be kind of odd when you look at it and you're like, why is that
1: showing up there? But it um, seems to be some of the most popular areas of the site. Right. And there are some examples of some weird results. I think ShoeMoney's example um, has some weird pages specifically because he actually used a robots.txt file to actually deny Google access to those pages. Uh, But maybe they're ignoring it just because he links to those pages internally a lot and maybe because they do have high popularity in terms of linkage. Um, Outside of that, I mean... Yeah, I mean it's just uh, I haven't analyzed it as deep as I probably should have, but it's I think I find it very useful on the on the whole. Um, okay, so the next topic I wanted to discuss was a big thread over at Webmaster World. Um, the thread talks about a new uh, a patent that came out over at Google called phrase-based re-ranking, and Tedster over there, the administrator over there at, at Webmaster World, feels that this has to this is the reason or the explanation for what we've been calling the not minus 950 penalty. Um, basically, this patent was done by Anna Lynn Patterson of Google, and here's a little um, snippet from what it means. Phrases are identified uh, that predict the presence of other phrases in the document. Documents are indexed according to, their inclu- inclu- according to their included phrases. A spam document is identified based on the number of related phrases Included in a document. So it's a little bit complicated to explain. If you just um, read through it a little bit, it, you'll understand that a little bit more. It's basically a way of figuring out um, what I believe you know, uh, to be. Like, I'll give you some examples that Ted said. He said it's like uh, getting a poor health symptom in one area of body from not having enough of some important nutri- uh, nutrition, even though you've got plenty of others and plenty of good health in many ways. So basically having too much of one thing and too little of another thing uh, things that don't seem equal, and that's a way for Google to use phrase-based re-ranking to affect what's going on. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand, I dig deep into it, and maybe, maybe Ben, I don't know if you had time to look into it more. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I want a good example if you're trying to figure out what this is, is, is look at scraper sites,
3: and specifically, like, uh, searching the results that they scrape, a lot of the phrases that they use on those particular pages are, are related, and so basically what this patent is trying to do, determine is take a look at a number of good phrases on the page, you know, very popular terms, and then compare those to uh, an excessive amount of related phrases present on the document, and if it's too close, like there's too many related phrases, then the document can be deemed as like a spam document, and so what happens after that is that if it's deemed as a spam document according to what the patent it says it gets included in a spam table um, and then the relevant score of the page is kind of downplayed or downweighted um based on a certain factor that they don't mention um, now the cool thing is, the interesting thing about this is is uh, tester and webmaster world thread was kind of talking about if this happened to you and if you got demoted a 950 you know results down or something how would you particularly get out of it and one of the ways that he said he tested was he just got one single um, inbound link to the site using um, the anchor text, a predetermined anchor text that was possibly that you weren't ranking for. Like if you got demoted down to 950, you basically sent one link to the page and this kind of fixed the problem. And then also tweaking some of the content on the site, um, kind of dumbing it down a little bit, um, seemed to help. So it's kind of a combination of optimizing a little bit better than also Um, de-optimizing some of the the content or the the language, so to say, so it sounds more natural, um, and that could contribute. So that's what I got from it. I thought it was really interesting. There's a lot of discussion on this out there um, and definitely worth a look at. Cool.
1: Thank you, Ben. That does explain a lot more. Um, Chris, do you have anything you want to add on that?
2: Well, Ben, I mean, covered a lot of kind of what I had been reading about this too, and I I think it's... uh, you know, it's something to, it's a great discussion and it's, it's spanned over lots of pages at Webmaster World. So I highly recommend uh, reading the thread and then coming up with, you know, your own ideas. I think there's some good things to pull from in there. Uh, the, uh, the idea of phrase-based re-ranking is certainly a possibility. I think that there's a little bit more uh, involved with the linking um, than maybe some people are willing to admit here. Uh, I think it's a combination of a few of uh, of the factors that really leads to this drastic of a drop. Uh, the phrase-based uh, re-ranking, I think, it has to be combined with something else for, for something this drastic. But uh, I kind of wish I had some <laughs> some solid examples to look at, but I've fortunately not ha- seen any drops like this. So, uh, I, you know, I've, I'm kind of uh, counting on secondary research here. So, uh, But I think Ben really covered lots of the great points that are... Important to know from this discussion.
1: Cool, I agree. And um, let's hit a commercial break now, and then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about stumble upon. All right, everybody, have a. We'll see you guys soon, and uh, we'll be back right back. Sit
0: tight and don't move. The pulse. pulse. We'll be back after this short break. A. Road by any other name would still be the same move over.
4: Major traffic tie ups on the 101, and we have an onlooker delay due to what looks like a new show on webmasterradio.fm. Keep your hands on the wheel, because webmasterradio.fm is going to help you create buzz buzz through social media, and will accelerate your servers into a head-on collision. Of information. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Rush Hour. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Our host Neil and Cameron will help you get the upper hand to find the links you need so that your company is in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Rush Hour, the right kind of traffic. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on Webmaster (laughs) Radio.fm.
0: Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
1: Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz. Again, with me is Chris Boggs and Ben Pfeiffer. Um, The next topic I wanted to discuss was stumble upon. Um, Obviously, stumble upon is a large large topic, but I wanted to discuss how it relates to AdSense. Over at Digital Point Forums, a, uh, a, uh, poster said that he actually got, after receiving a lot of stumble upon traffic, he got an email from Google AdSense team saying that, you know, he has been, you know, what's it called, um, they notice a lot of, uh, increase in traffic and that they do not endorse programs that they're, he's using on a site to generate traffic such as auto-serve programs. Um... He took it to mean that StumbleUpon was seen to be as a, like, an auto-serve uh, auto traffic generator, which really it is not. Um, so I got some more updates from different people out there on the web, and basically uh, Google, I didn't get a direct comment from Google, but it's my understanding that Google is okay with traffic from uh, StumbleUpon. If you don't know what StumbleUpon is, StumbleUpon is basically a quick way um, it's like a, like a social networking site where you can actually, you know, say, I like this content, I like that content, I like this site, I don't like that site, and people stumble upon your content, and i will give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and there's more to it than that, but if you don't know, I mean, stumble upon can send a, a lot of nice traffic to one site. For example, I just looked up data for this month of February so far, um, and it's February let's say 12th, up to February 12th, you know, from February 1st to February 12th, I received Almost 1,000 unique visitors just from stumble upon to, you know, the main blog, the www.scroundtable.com, um, and it's plus, you know, it's just a few, you know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine about nine business days of content. So I received 1,000 unique visitors just from stumble upon. So it could generate a lot of traffic, um, and it was just interesting to see this. You know, you know, people would think that it might be an auto surf. Auto serve type of traffic generator when it really is not, and it's user user generated. So that's the main difference over there. Um, You know, Ben, I know you have some interest over that. So what are your thoughts on the whole stumble upon? I I find it kind of interesting. I I. There was kind of discussion into differences of the
3: type of trafficking, how Google could tell that specifically, and they're really trying to avoid just like paid to serve type of traffic more or less. And um, I think stumbletom traffic can be kind of valuable, especially if it's coming to your site because people are very interested in usually what's on there. It's a lot of stuff that you know it's very interested. It's been sorted. It's you know it's gone to the thing. Um, stumbletom traffic is really great, and I don't see it as a problem. You know, for AdSense per se. I mean, I'd put an AdSense on a page that was, you know, and stumbled upon. Um, but, uh, you know, great source of traffic um, doesn't seem to be a problem, so I think it's a positive, and I'd probably end up staying that way.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
2: And, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the whole topic? Well, first of all, I was looking at the uh, thread on Digital Point, and, and it does say that it's come to our attention that invalid clicks or impressions have been generated. So it seems possible that... Uh, you know, that they were actually uh, kind of focusing on clicks and and this this conversation has blown off into being about impressions, but we don't really know for sure that they were talking about impressions and and they could possibly have been clicks. Um, The other point that I had was that, you know, for those of us that may not have as much knowledge about AdSense and the way that it works from the publisher end, it might be nice if you guys gave um, an an example as to why, uh, you know, Uh, automated traffic is bad, like, from my understanding, and I could be way off base here, but I guess that if you have a lot of traffic, but then if you have less people clicking through on the AdSense ads, you may then end up getting less quality ads, or is it just all based on the traffic, and the more traffic you have, then the higher quality uh, cost-per-click ads you're going to get uh, well, I think it has to do with the quality and also the
3: impressions. I mean, one of the noted examples was that, like, especially with StumbleUpon, is like some of the pages would get thousands of visitors within, like, a period of, like, one day. You know, it was, like, instant, bam, you know. Like, they were got, you know, something that just a lot of different traffic. And so the quality was really hard to measure. And so I guess if you get a whole lot of impressions, you know, on a particular site defined like that, I guess it can skew click-through rates and, conversions and all sorts of stuff I suppose. I guess they're just trying to manage their channels, you know, for quality. I guess is one reason and it's hard to say where some of that traffic's coming from.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean it's an interesting topic. Obviously, when you get, the same thing could happen with Dig, same thing could happen with Delicious. Um so, but you really haven't seen anything come up on Dig or Delicious in terms of receiving these emails. I just think it was a fluke. Um he got a lot of traffic from one area, and got a lot of traffic from StumbleUpon, and he got this email from Google, and all of a sudden he thinks it relates to StumbleUpon. I really don't think so, but
2: you never know. So just to clarify, Barry, I'm sorry, but the more traffic that you would get, therefore, uh, if it's automated or whatever, it's essentially since Google has to serve those ads on your site, it's causing them server time, and it can add up if you got a bunch of automated traffic going on. Would that be... A fair reason why Google would not want this to happen. Well, no. Google also pays on a on a on a CPM
1: basis, on an impression basis. They don't okay. just pay on okay. a click basis. So they don't want to generate, yeah. you know, they don't want to generate false impressions, nor do they want to generate false or invalid clicks because okay. the they pay for. So, cost the advertisers. Um, okay. The next thing I want to talk about, I think, will be a nice conversation is what I name version two launching relaunching a site. What you should keep and you know what SEO considerations you should have. Um, and I'm sure we all have, you know, at one point we launched a site or two, and involved in that is change. You know, if you have to change the whole domain name or if you just have to change URL structures, what should you do? And there was a great Create a site, Create a Site form thread on this, and <clears throat> I basically gave some tips. Like obviously, if you have to change the URL and domain name and the URL structure, what you should definitely do is obviously try setting up 301 redirects. So. Um, if you know the, if you can map the old domain, old URLs to the new ones, that'd be great. Set up 301s, and hopefully, over a course of six months or so, maybe even a year, all well, your link popularity be back to the way it was. I don't know if it would ever be back to the way it was, but hopefully, it would be back somewhat closer to the way it was. Um, the next thing was, um, you know, you should set up 404s. And what I mean by 404s are, you know, custom 404 pages where. Obviously, you can tell the search engine that this, uh, some pages are no longer existing on the web page on, on this website. And two is give away, you know, put a site map and a search box on that custom 404, where people can actually, if they do land on that page, they can actually find or navigate their way to the page they're actually looking for. Because you don't want to just them to go to a blank 404 page that has no content at all; they'll just leave. So you should really leverage any traffic that you know goes goes to a site it goes to a page that might not have content on it that might not be around anymore and those are easy to set up on a dynamic server um the next thing is analytics um you should definitely look at your analytics because before if you should be tracking your your stats you see what your most popular phrases you know search phrases are you should see what most popular referrals are just see all that information um track it and i put a list of things you should actually track and then Based on that, maybe you should, um, you know, keep certain pages up or moderate URLs to keep them the same with the same content, just so that you don't lose any of that existing traffic. Obviously, if you're changing a whole domain name, that's a little bit hard, but you should do whatever you can to keep the same URLs and same URL structure for those most important pages, if you can. Um, outside of that, there's other tips that you could do. I mean, Chris, I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole overall
2: topic? Well, the first thing, obviously, is that, you know, the first question you want to ask yourself is why do you want to change it? And if there's anything you can do to not change it, you should keep the old one. Um, you know, we, that we go through that argument often, and uh, once we lose that argument, obviously the next thing that you have to understand is that you are going to lose traffic. I mean, that's a given. There's nothing you can do about the fact that, especially if you're well-indexed uh, within search engines, you're going to lose traffic or you're going to have to pay a lot uh, via PPC or, or some other method to, to keep that traffic level up. Other than that, I think you've broken it down pretty nicely in terms of uh, using the 404 and the 301. There's the whole idea about using a 302 to uh, you know, sort of maintain the listings of uh, some, some pages that get a lot of traffic uh, so that uh, you can essentially try to build up uh, your, your, um, your new pages during that time, um, you know, it, it comes to a point where either you, you're going to have to 301 those eventually, so you might as well get do that. I think uh, the analytics is something that's very important as well, and the more in tune you are with your particular analytics package, and the, the quicker that you can line that up, so that uh, you can have pre and post uh, launch numbers to look at, and uh, try to focus your efforts uh, where you've really had most of the drop off in terms of maybe uh, pushing towards paid search on on those sides where where you're losing a lot and uh, also up you know updated uh, SEO efforts to uh, some other pages and also analyzing the pages that did immediately kind of gain new rankings too and try to find out what you know what it was about those pages that uh, made it happen and and analyzing those you know for the good news will help you uh, to get the rest of your pages back in the index but Bottom line is, is you know you really shouldn't hopefully want to relaunch a site with the completely new URLs if you are um you know then you've got to go through these uh these steps and and this is just something that you're gonna lose traffic with and you have to deal with it be prepared for it.
1: right um Ben, do you have anything else to add on that because you know I don't know if you have anything more after Chris and I talk. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you one
3: thing that I did once that was kind of a mistake. Um, we relaunched a, a new website with a new design and moved the, all the pa- pages and files from the development server to the live server, and we moved over the robots.txt, which was uh, disallowing Google and Yahoo and some of those things. So for a period of a couple of days before we noticed, we had basically banned Google from the site, and uh, traffic dropped down pretty considerably. And then after I freaked out and calmed down, uh, we put it, the robots.txt back correctly and traffic came back within a day, with no problem. So just be careful when you're changing over stuff. Um, I think, too, especially when you're launching a site, it's a really good time to look at how um, you're using the site, creating new pages, and also how SEO and factors into that and planning ahead for changes, and new pages, landing pages, and stuff like that. So later on... When it comes down the line, that you have to, to look at the SEO, um, a lot of these considerations have already been made. Um, that you know you're optimizing titles and you're doing you know headers and stuff like that, and you know or organizing the page structure very easily and stuff like that will, will definitely save you a lot of time and definitely benefit as well as for ranking later on. Um, so you know as you look at these smaller things too, look at the big picture um, and how the site's going and where you actually want you know certain areas to to Get more traffic from the search engines and just make provisions to do so.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've I, ton- I also I mean I, w- I have tons of examples of sites that have done stuff like this, and I've done all these types of things. I've done things from mod rewrite to keep the old URLs the same, and I've done things from dynamic 301s. You know, setting up literally infinite number of 301 redirects based on our algorithm to setting up for custom 404s, and all the things we, we discussed, and it's not never fun. You always lose traffic, it's guaranteed, and it takes a long time to get the traffic back, but in the long run, you know, it tends to pay off after you have the new site, um, because obviously the new site is there for, um, you know, new sites there just to make things, uh, you know, better, to make things better overall, and in the long run, hopefully, that will pay off. Um, the next topic was something that happened today um, or last night. Um, Belgium, Google's Google's Belgian, um, uh, you know, appeal where they were ordered to drop. They were ordered to drop. You know, Google uh, Belgian newspapers actually ordered um, that they be dropped. That they dropped the actual content from news the news engines. I'm not sure if other people could hear us now. So, Eddie, if you're hearing this, I think Ben and some other people lost us. But um, in any event, um, Google ordered, um, or it was ordered to drop the Belgian content, and they appealed it, and they lost that appeal, and now they're trying to appeal it again. But in the long run, Google, you know, a Belgian court has found that Google did not violate copy, did violate copyright law when they included material from several Be- Belgian newspapers in their search index. Um Google may have to pay a fine, or they you know really that hasn't been exactly determined yet they have you know they haven't um what's it called um, hopefully everybody's back because I've been getting reports that it's been down um, in any event um so Google has more to drop it. They're appealing. The thing is, I think the way Belgian people have to actually go ahead and Belgian newspapers have to actually request um you know exclusion from the indexes via email. But I'm not exactly sure. It's a little bit fuzzy on how everything's done. Danny has a great write-up over at um, Surgeon to Land on it. There's some discussion over at Webmaster World. Chris, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm back. All right, great. Um, so, Chris, do you want to, you know, talk a little about this because I know it kind of uh, is with you.
2: Well, first of all, Belgium is a glorious country. So uh, let's remember that always when we talk about Belgium. But in this case it, it just seems to be a little bit strange to me. i think uh Brett Tapke puts a interesting uh you know um an interesting spin on it, and uh its it says that it looks like a simple ruling over deep links uh to me, it's kind of uh, i compare it to a library uh you know. Can you imagine a newspaper going to a library and saying that they didn't want uh, old copies in, in their microfiche or whatever? And that's probably dating myself, probably a lot of listeners that don't even know what a library is, let alone what the microfiche or, or any of those old ways to find uh, newspaper content were in the library. So maybe I'm just looking at it too simplistically, uh, but uh, it seems kind of stupid that uh, the Belgian newspapers wouldn't want their content in there um, and, and you know, this has gone on for a long time, so obviously Google thinks they have a fight, and it, it's in line with their, you know, main goal of trying to uh, index all of the world's content. So uh, it seems to me that it's a fight that they'll probably end up eventually winning, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see.
1: Great. Yeah, I think, both, um, I think Ben's still having technical issues, so um, hopefully they will get it straightened out um, but I wanted to add one more thing. I, I was listening to Danny on the SearchCast this morning. He was saying it's funny because now some of the Belgian newspapers are saying, "Hey, where have um, you know where have you know where's where's our content?" And with that, you know, they're saying, you know, we want it to be excluded from the news index, but not necessarily all the indexes. And I don't know. It's just it's just the overall funny thing. Most people would would sue Google not to be included in an index, and they're suing Google to actually get kicked out. And, you know, not in their index, and they're losing traffic. Um, they're losing you know you know they're losing you know faces and readers so I just find it all very interesting i think it's, we should probably take a commercial break maybe we could, you know go ahead and get everybody back back on the line during the commercial break so let's take a commercial break now
0: sit tight and don't move the pulse we will be back after this short break
4: Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
0: Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now. From Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media
4: searching for the tools and tricks
0: to rate your websites even
4: higher well there's no need to go through a back door when you can climb up on the roof WebmasterRadio.fm presents Webmasters on the Roof. Direct from Deutschland. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join the media Mediadonis along with his partner Crime Friday Night as they put on their black hats to teach you their SEO secrets. Webmasters on the Roof. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. .fm. .fm.
3: Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper, sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create.
0: Now, back to The Pulse, the Pulse. only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host...
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Search Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz, and with me uh, currently is just Chris Boggs. Um, Ben seems to have been um, kicked off somehow. His phones are not working properly. I'm not exactly sure what the issue is, but hopefully we'll get him back on soon. Um, I'll let you know as soon as we get him back on. In any event, it will just be Chris and I um, chatting about topics until we get Ben back. Uh, The next topic I wanted to discuss was that Google um, recommends they actually recommended not to control your page rank leak, your outbound page rank leak or whatever that might be. Um, as you know, page rank is the score that people pass. It's the value that Google assigns to each page based on linkage of other pages to it. Um, and um, Adam Lasnik over at, um, I think it was Webmaster World, let me just double-check, yeah, over at Webmaster World, he made a comment saying, "I don't be concerned about your PR leakage. It's more important to make sure that you aren't engaging in any link schemes designed to manipulate your site's ranking. Many top quality sites feature quite a few quality outgoing links and they're and they are appreciated by their by their visitors for that. Um so basically, you know, obviously focus on doing things naturally, and obviously, you know, you shouldn't really watch and say, I'm not going to link to this person because this person is not linking to me. I'm not going to not link to this person because I want to have more links pointing internally to my own. I don't want to spread out my page rank. People used to worry about this a lot, like three years ago, and I don't really see people talking about it that much these days, but I did find a thread about it, and um, Adam Lasning over at Google said, don't worry about it, and I agree with that. Don't worry about it. Just link naturally, and that will help you because it will help your users yada yada (laughs) chris what are your thoughts on this
2: well i'm totally with you and i'm glad you mentioned that about it it is sort of a passe idea that uh you know you should try to keep sort of the same amount of inbound links pointing to your site as there are outbound links so uh you know that was the whole with the reciprocal linking idea thing and building pr and trying not to link out to high pr sites and and things of that nature i've really always felt that it was a little bit uh of of a red herring in terms of wasting any efforts on in terms of SEO. Adam hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's some great sites out there that the reason they rank well is because they link out to a bunch of other sites. I mean, uh, you'll find Search Engine Roundtable in a lot of uh, of top positions for longer tail keyword phrase searches uh, within Google. And uh, uh, probably on that one article, there's three or four outbound links to uh, completely different uh, domains, and uh, you know that are uh, consistent and relevant to the topic being discussed. So, uh, of course, there's a lot of inbound links to those page rank or those articles. Uh, you notice my quick subliminal about dropping a link to our page rank page there, Barry. But anyway, uh, there's uh, you know there's a lot of inbound links to it as well. So it's not like we have to worry, about it. at the same time, I wouldn't. If, if you're a website owner, I wouldn't be worried about who you link out to, uh, uh, unless it's you know like way irrelevant and you've done it as part of a linking exchange program or something of that nature.
1: Right, uh, Ben, I, I I think you're back, right? I am back. Yes. <laughs> Good. I almost, uh, I almost thought we missed you there. Um, we were talking about the PageRank rank um, leakage thing. Uh, you know, paid you know. Don't link to people because you don't want you want to you know keep the page rank for yourself and not give it to other people. What are your thoughts yeah, overall
3: on that? I'm pretty silly. Um, I, I'll tell you we, a test I did. We uh, last year or two years ago we did a test of we did outbound links to about two thousand different EDUs on something that we were testing out. And uh, what ended up happening with all these pages was that they continued to outrank a lot of other more established pages. Um, and we didn't have a single problem linking out to so many different locations on those pages for a relatively new section of a site. Um, so in my belief, and I think most SEOs will tell you that, you know, if you're trying to control your PR linkage, then, you know, don't be don't be a dam but be a river and um, just, you know, link out the, the places that you think are appropriate and useful to your visitors.
2: That's good advice. That's good advice. Yeah, one um, more thing, Barry. I mean, that's, I mean, Ben hits on a good point there. It's if, you, if you can manage your PR, if you're worried about PR and, and the way that it's being flowed around your site, just make sure that you're managing it by flowing it to the proper subsections of your website and then building links to those subsections as well. And don't worry about where you're linking outbound. R- worry about what's going on in your site and what's coming in.
1: Right. Okay. Definitely good advice. Um, the next topic I wanted to touch on was Uh, Back to the Yahoo search marketing, you know, Panama, they released their new quality score, and we did get some feedback, you know, over the past week or so about how people are finding it. Typically, what I've been finding is that people are very quiet about it still, meaning um, their ads pretty much are staying in the same place, or they're not really complaining about it, which is good overall. Um, But what I'm also seeing is that some people are seeing some improvements where their ads are, are ranking higher without paying more. And there's some people who are actually seeing their ads drop a little bit, and they are, they are upset. Um, overall, I mean, there are a lot of things out there saying, what you could do to make it better, et cetera, but I really still don't see much you know, discussion overall on it, which I think is overall a good thing. A little surprising still, but still a good thing. Um, ben, I mean, do you see anything more on that? Uh, not a whole lot. I think it's still too early to tell. People are still kind of testing. I know in stuff that I've watched
3: in campaigns. I just, you know, we've seen some go up and some go down, and it's just kind of depending upon... You know the the various what type of contents on the site, and so I can't honestly say at this point, you know, what's really you know impacting completely and everything. Um, so it's a
1: little bit too early. Okay, and Chris, what are your thoughts? Do you see anything else on it? Uh,
2: well, I've kind of been monitoring. We got this really cool internal wiki that we use at Avenue A, and there's actually a, a bit of collaboration going on between the different offices, and we're putting together um, some. From what we'd like to see changed and not see changed uh, with the bulk sheet system and so forth. So I'm not going to go into any specifics, but I know that the bulk sheet uh, has been a a bit of a problem. Uh, There's, uh, you know, things like with the universal login, uh, you know. uh, There's some some issues with uh, start and end date uh, columns um, not existing. You know, there's some great stuff in there, too, uh, like with the forecasting tools and the real time charts and things of that nature so we're we 're working on uh, something and we 're going to be working you know hopefully t- closely together with uh with yahoo and and other search marketers and helping to improve this system a- a- as it 's going and and eventually you know it'll Panama will be gone and it 'll just be yahoo search marketing and uh hopefully it 's going to turn into a great system
1: great. Hey. I'm um, a bit distracted. I, Danny just posted over the Search and the Lamp blog that uh, Google Checkout blog announced that they're actually putting a huge, colorful button in the uh, in the sponsor listings. If you have Google Checkout, if you're a Google Checkout merchant and you're doing Google Ad AdWords, you will get a very colorful, um, kind of a very colorful button. But. But I mean, when I first saw, it, I just ran a quick noel on the radio saying, "Yeah, oh, this is crazy." <laughs> and Danny just IM me saying, "What do you What do you mean it's crazy?" And he just you know, have to clarify what I meant. But I just did a quick comment there. So check out searchinland.com. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, back on topic here. Sorry about that. The fact that Yahoo search uh, quality score, Yahoo Sarah over Webmaster World, put up gave a post um, giving us some more tips about the quality score. She said. Um, that the quality score is made up of more than just a click-through weight. It also has to do with, um, um, obviously, other ads at the same time, you know, what other ads are in the actual network. It has to do about historical performance, but that historical performance does, um, how do you say, have a weight. So, you know, history back five weeks ago is not as important as history back, you know, a week ago, et cetera. There's different weights in terms of that. They also look at the landing page, they look at all, a lot of other factors out there so check a, take a look at that post I'm not sure if there's anything more to add on that uh Chris or Ben you want to add more anything on that or
2: mm. no? okay no? all
1: right um let's another topic is that I did a post about how or at least I like talked about last week about Google Maps and how you could hijack a, a Google Maps link um that seems to be an error on my part what you could do and what Google was doing was they were using their algorithm to determine what um site what URL should be associated with which um, you know Google local result based on just an algorithm and sometimes that algorithm was wrong and there's a whole big thing with Mike, uh, uh Mike Blumen- Blumenthal and he wrote all this detail about it, and we actually got Google to add a new feature last night which you could actually go ahead and click on if if a listing is called unverified if it 's not a verified listing it would actually have a link next to it. Named Report Incorrect Data, and that link will take you to a page where it asks you to actually send Google more data about that particular listing. I have some screenshots over the blog. I found it very interesting overall. Um, you know, Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't have a whole lot of
3: time to check out it, but I did read your kind of read through some of it. Um, and so, basically, it was uh, I, I don't really understand it too much, and I'd rather you go ahead and explain it, Barry, than I go into it.
1: Sure. Well, basically what happened was um, if, you know, basically what you could do is verify your business listing. So if you have a business listing in Google Local, you could actually verify it by, um, you know, telling Google to actually send you uh, a letter to your, to your office, to list, you know, the address on the information. They'll send you a letter and then they'll give you a PIN and then you go ahead and enter in a PIN on the Google Local website where you can actually verify your website. Once you enter that PIN based on the mailing you get to your actual physical address, Uh, That is a verified business. You can add information like your hours, your credit cards, your URL, and other information about your business. If you do not verify your business, what happens is Google will try to automatically figure out what the URL of your website is. Sometimes these local results do not have websites, or sometimes Google gets the web address wrong. And what happens is you'll see some sites that actually have the wrong one. So, for example, I put a uh, a link to... um, um, uh, a regional community foundation in New York, zip code 14760, which is an unverified listing. And that listing actually has a URL pointing to a wrong, um, not to them, it's just to somebody else. So you can click on the reporting correct data, and that would automatically let you type in information to Google saying this is wrong and this is why it's wrong. Um, so Chris, do you have anything you want to add on that?
2: Well, uh, you know, this is, uh, on a greater level, I think it's a very important thing, this report incorrect data type of tab, and I think that this is something that some of the other mapping systems definitely need to take a look at. Went to try to find our Pizza Hut a couple weeks ago that uh, we hadn't found yet, and I got sent by MapQuest to the wrong part of Route 70, and an hour later I came home with the pizza, and uh, needless to say, uh, I was not too pleased about it, and I've had problems with uh, finding, you know, things before. I've really kind of shifted over to using Ask.com for... For my mapping, because uh, I've really had the least amount of problems, with, uh, plus I really like the way that they use the walking maps. But I think that this is the kind of thing where I may end up using Google a little bit more often if I have the ability to uh, report and correct data, especially if I want to come back after and report it. So at least I have a way to, to go back and say, hey, you know, maybe I can report this, and, and then the next guy won't take, have to take an hour to go find his pizza uh, when he wants to find his pizza.
1: Cool. Um, I think we lost Ben again, but we'll just go continue without him, so it won't be a big deal. Um, the next thing is uh, a post on some tools out there that allow you to give you a lot of uh, free keyword suggestion tools. So Overture has one. Google Keyword Tool is out there. There's a Word Tracker has a free tool like we discussed last week. KeywordDiscovery.com has a free tool. Google Trends is obviously very fun to play with. Digital Point and SEO Book both have free keyword tools. And... Not sure if there's anything else to add on that, but you can leverage all these different keyword tools. Obviously, if you pay for keyword tools, you get a, a little bit more. Um, you get a lot, actually a lot more from paying for them. But I mean, I'm sure you, you guys over at Avenue A have some very sophisticated keyword tools. You want to let us know about those, or Chris, you can talk about them.
2: Well, we have an internal tool set called SEO Source that has as part of it is, is the keyword. Uh, Analysis section, and then there's some great stuff in there. Unfortunately, we can't share it with everyone, but I can also tell you that we're, we're that we're going to use you know we use these kind of free tools as well. And as I've always said, the human brain is the number one keyword research tool. So uh, you got to use that. True, true that.
1: Um, the next topic I posted is I actually gathered a ton of feedback back. Uh, a ton of feedback regarding the Google link analysis tool that we discussed last week. And here's some of the feedback that I found in the forums. One is a lot of people are, want an API to access the data, not directly through you know this website itself, but to, to access it through some data protocol. In addition, people want filter options, such as filter by recent date found, filter by last date found, a sorting f- uh, f- feature where you can sort by link numbers, a filter by page rank score integrate integration actually with Google Analytics, which I think would be pretty cool. I doubt they'll do that. And they also, like you, Chris, said lastly, could actually want to open it, you people want to open it up so they could do competitive analysis. Um, additional things that I came up with, um, was to graph those links, you know, with bar graphs to show links growing over time. Historical data is pretty cool. Filter those graphs to plot only PR you know, PRX to PRY. Um, obviously these are page rank scores not from the toolbar, but actually since it's your site, you actually see real Page rank scores, which actually are useful. Um, filter the reports, show you new links versus old links. That would be cool. cool. Uh, anchor text reports. They actually show you the actual anchor text being used um, based on who's linking to you. So you can actually see who's linking. Let's say it's an SEO site. Who's linking with, to you with the keywords SEO and who's not? And then you can go back to those people and actually use that as actual you know, feedback. Um, then other, some, you know, other reports you could probably get from exporting it. Chris, do you have anything to add on that?
2: I think one of my favorite one of your additional ideas is the anchor text one. And, uh, you know, this is great stuff. And uh, I just hope to, like you said, uh, see this available to check other URLs in the near future. Cool.
1: Um, next topic, and probably after this one we'll probably get into, into um lightning round, is that um, there's some reports that Google is getting stricter on supplementals. Um, example like you are know, not really given because it's a webmaster role thread but some people are saying that a lot of their sites have been included in the supplementals or showing up and being filtered out if you do a site command. Um, Matt Cutts added a comment saying, you know, please go ahead and uh, give us some examples so we can look into it, but I don't think anybody um, has left an example for them. So, I mean, Chris, do you see anything with that And not really?
2: haven't really uh, noticed much on it yet. Uh, just remember what, uh, you know, uh, the, su- the supplemental listings don't necessarily mean a death sentence. It's just something that you've got to work with.
1: So. Right. Well, that's what Google says. I'm not too sure about that. but um, uh, one, you know, Yeah, one fun ahead. topic I think you might have a fun time with, Chris, is the next one, and I, let's just make some time for it, is when do you think, I don't know if, I don't think we discussed this last week, but when do you think search engine optimization is not required like, when do you think in SEO? you don't have to do SEO for a site? When would you consider that,
2: to be true? Uh, almost never. <laughs> I would say, you know, maybe if you're doing something that's real quick and shebang uh, for, like, a site that's right around the Super Bowl or something like that, even though, uh, you know, if you're not planning on, on doing anything long-running and you're, you're going to not have it on your main domain, then you probably don't need to SEO it. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's not many. Uh, to me, I, I like to suggest SEO for all sites out there. So, right, that's true. Um, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly.
1: I don't think every site needs per se SEO. I mean, then we got into the topic of what exactly is SEO. It's really a definition problem in terms of what that topic and the thread's actually talking about. So, if you consider you know content development to be SEO, then yeah, of course you need SEO. If you consider link building to be SEO. And yeah, of course, you yeah, know, link building. Um, but if you consider, you know, anything you do on a day-to-day basis with your site, adding new products or adding um, stuff like that, if you consider that SEO and not your daily business, then, you know, it's really a definition, I think. And once you define what the SEO, what SEO is for your particular site, then you could find if, if you, you need SEO or not. A lot of people are not considering content development to be part of SEO. So, um, So I think that's the root of the question. Um, I think let's hit and go into lightning round now, and we'll just finish, round out all the topics for the remainder of the week. Um, ta-da, ta-da. <laughs> thank you, and it's a shame we lost, uh, you know, Ben, but I'm sure we'll get him back next week. Um, all right. So the next thing is, uh, where are we? Okay. So make make it on Google's wall. Google Ad AdWords photo contest. You could actually go ahead and submit a photo if you're an AdWords customer to the AdWords department, they will review it. And you might make it on it as a photo um, or a picture in the AdWords department at their Google office. So you might be sitting there right in front of your Google rep, um, smiling. And hopefully, they'll be working on your campaigns or doing stuff better for you. So if you want, just go ahead and to, I'll tell you the URL. Give me a second. If you want to submit your photos, you just go, you just email adwords-photos at google.com with your photo. And you could be included on Google's wall. Um, the next thing is beware, um, and we actually discussed that. So let's skip that one. Next thing is, are Google Checkout icons on AdSense as a thing to stay? And I think they are. Um, like I was talking about, if you have, if you look at the sponsor results in Ad, you know, in Google.com, you actually see some things that have little Google Checkout icons. Those icons are obviously getting bigger now, based on what I talked about earlier. Um, but they also are being spotted on AdSense ads, and I think they're being spotted more and more often on AdSense ads. Um, so you'll probably see them more and more, and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Next thing is, uh, we looked at do, smaller, do small pages, like small, you know, less content on pages tend to rank better on MSN Live Search. And people are saying yes. I'm not sure why. I don't have any examples of this, but it seems like people are saying yes, smaller pages do tend to rank better um, on Live Search. Google is sending out, Google has sent out duplicate 1099 IRS forms to lots of publishers, but the Google AdSense rep went in there and said, "Don't worry, you're not going to be your earnings are not going to be reported twice to the IRS, so you don't have to pay your true earnings." Um, Google's email, you know, the Gmail is now public for anybody. You no longer need invites to get a Gmail account. Google Maps China is now live. Um, the URL for that is, um, let me see ditu.google.cn. dot Google D-I-T-U dot dot Google dot C-N. Um, Google's I'm feeling lucky button was actually uh, replaced by some funny uh, webmaster over at Digital Points Forms. They stuck a Wikipedia result button on there. So instead of the I'm feeling lucky button, they actually put um, take me to Wikipedia. If you guys don't know what I'm feeling lucky does, it actually takes the first result in Google. So by putting the Uh, Taking me to Wikipedia, it's basically a con saying Google tends to rank um, Wikipedia results pretty funny, and we have a lot of conversation about that over at um, our blog scroundtable.com. The Live Search SOAP API, the Live Search Microsoft Live Search SOAP API, is now out of beta. It's called Live Search SOAP API. So if you want to start playing with the search API over at live.com, just do a search for Live Search SOAP API, and you'll find it. Ask.com. At um, uh, their Ask X, you know, site their test site, um, their logo, the Ask X logo, actually links over to a Flickr um, page, which shows um, a bunch of the, you know, two, uh, web 2.0, um, you know, logos out there. It's kind of funny that they did that. Microsoft AdCenterLive.com Live. Com um, their reports, the Ad Center reports are actually pretty delayed. And Ad Center rep confirmed it that based on the maintenance that happened over the weekend, a lot of the reports have been delayed. So don't freak out if your click-through rates are low or if your spend is low. You just don't know what you're getting. Finally, uh, actually two more topics. Um, Google Homepage has about 67 or 66 validation errors, HTML validation errors. Not a big deal. Another thing is we actually post, SES London is going on right now, and we posted one of this, um sessions from Lee Evans. Um, over at Sturgeon and Guru. So we posted a um, uh, write-up on the European case studies if you want to go ahead and check that out. It's pretty interesting. That pretty much wraps up the 19th edition of the Search Pulse. I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon after the show is archived, and you can find that at seroundtable.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at barry at rustybrick.com or comment in tomorrow's post. Again, that is the 19th edition of the Search Pulse. It took place Tuesday, February 13th. Thank you, Ben and Chris, and hopefully you guys will tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Everyone have a great night, and everyone enjoy. Thank you.